AM850KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan, your host, and it's time for a moment on the lighter side. This month and last month, in honor of the celebration of Reformation, we've been interviewing the father of Reformation, Martin Luther himself. It's great to have you back with us, Luther. It, it is. It is good to hear you and good to be back. Yes, it is, Gary. You've been sharing with us a little essay you've entitled The Lutheran Difference, The Good for Nothing Church. Well, actually, I, I didn't title it that way. That that was Katie's, especially that last part was Katie's idea. She thought it gave a, 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 the title a little more zing, you know, the, the good for nothing church. And, and it is a good explanation of what makes Lutherans different. It's not that we're against good works. We, we think good works are important, but, but we believe truly good works are not done because we have to do them. Truly good works flow from the faith that we don't need to do anything to be saved. Salvation is God's work alone. Uh, entirely apart from anything we may or may not do. Hence, we are a uh, good-for-nothing church. (laughs) I think that thought is also summarized well in the Reformation's three solas, faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone. Exactly. These are the basis of our salvation alone. Our works have no part to play. Last week, you said the big difference also affects other things in the church, even the things that Lutherans might seem to have in common with other Christian churches and other denominations, are really different because of this do-nothing focus. Yes, even though there are things that outwardly look the same, uh, Lutherans have a totally different understanding of what is going on. I must admit here, though, I'm a little bit confused. Could you give us some examples that could help? Well, as Lutherans go about doing things, we follow the model of John the Baptist. He said, He must increase, but I must decrease, Uh, referring to Jesus, of course. Now, now take baptism, for instance. Now, all Christians practice baptism in, in some form or the other, but for some churches, baptism is primarily the work of man. Baptism is a decision that a person makes, a kind of acknowledgement that they want to formally become part of the church. It is really their act whereby they declare their discipleship. I suppose that's why in those same churches they won't baptize a person until they're older, until they reach the age of consent. Uh, That's true. But the issue is much greater than just at what age you baptize. For there are some who baptize infants, but the baptism still ends up being primarily the work of man. Uh, It is a ritual that, that parents are obligated to perform. And once performed, they have completed their duty. So how would the Lutheran faith be different? As the Baptist said, he must increase, we must decrease. Lutherans do everything to minimize the work of man and maximize the work of Jesus. For us, baptism does not involve the contribution of man, but is entirely the gift of God. After all, this is the way Scripture speaks. Peter simply says, baptism saves you. And Paul says baptism is nothing less than a washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And you could add passages like Acts 22, where we are told plainly that baptism washes away our sins. Or Ephesians 5, where we are told that Jesus cleanses us by baptism of water with the Word. Well said. With the Scriptures, we wish to lower the role of man in baptism so that we might lift up the work of Jesus. It's also the same in the Lord's Supper. What do you mean by that, Luther? Well, again, for many Christians, the Lord's Supper is a work that they perform. For some, it is their obligation, something they do in order to show that they are good Christians. And how do you look at the Lord's Supper? As if it is nothing but the pure gift of God. For after all, that is what Jesus says. 
This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. The only work mentioned here is that we eat and drink. And, and as any hungry man, I'm sure you can verify this, uh, Gary, as any hungry man will tell you, that's hardly any work at all. <laughs> so the, the Lord's Supper is not just a ritual we perform in order to be good Christians. No, no, it is what Jesus says it is. His body and blood given for us for the forgiveness of sins. I can see that Lutherans attempt to always keep the emphasis on Jesus in these things, but let me play devil's advocate for a moment. While it is true that the Bible clearly says baptism saves us, it also clearly says he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And while it may be true the Lord's Supper is not our work, it seems to me even you, Luther, emphasizes that the Supper must be received in faith. In fact, in your catechism, you said that faith was the one thing necessary for us to receive the supper worthily. So apparently there is something we have to do. We have to believe. You are absolutely right. No mere performance of these things as just ritual will do. There must be faith. But don't you see, Gary, the scripture plainly teaches that faith is not our work. Consider again the passage from Ephesians we had last week. You mean Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is a gift of God? Can you get any more direct than that? Faith is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And it is through the baptism and the supper that God gives such faith. And how does that work? The Bible clearly teaches that Jesus died to forgive the sins of all men, for God so loved the world, and, and so forth. But the question that faith seeks to answer is, did he die for me? That question is clearly answered in the affirmative when we are baptized. Paul says that we who are baptized have put on Christ. Elsewhere he says that baptism has done nothing short of uniting us with Jesus' death and resurrection. Don't you see in baptism, Jesus clearly tells us that we are the ones who he has saved. As our friend St. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, be baptized in the name of Jesus for forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And since we are people prone to doubt, God has also given us the clear words of the Lord's Supper. In Luke's record of the Lord's Supper, it is significant that Jesus says not once, but twice, this is for you. This is for you. These words enter our ears, and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit alone, we come to believe what Jesus says. This body and blood is given and shed for us. And as John put it in the gospel, we are born not of the will of man, but of God. I think I understand now. The teaching is that we are saved by grace alone. It affects everything a church does. And not only major things like we're talking about, like the sacraments, why it even affects the way men pray and, and sing their hymns. You're, you're, you're kidding, right? I thought all Christians prayed alike, and I certainly thought we all sang alike, although some are a little bit more in tune than other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I would say the good-for-nothing teaching even affects those things as well. Well, October is over and Reformation Day has come and gone, but if you wouldn't mind coming back one more time, we could further discuss how the Luther difference makes all the difference in the world. Yes, even in the way we sing and pray, but, but more about that next week. Thank you, Luther. I look forward to talking to you then.
We are the messenger of good news, KFUO AM850 here in the St. Louis area. You can find us worldwide at KFUO.org.